go ahead and pick your speed up your number one now, runway 27, clear to land green dot. Welcome to Oshkosh, guys. Hello and welcome to The Green Dot, EAA's podcast for anyone and everyone who loves aviation. I'm Tom Charpentier, Government Relations Director and one of your hosts. Across the across the way from me is... I'm Chris Henry, the Museum Programs Representative. And joining us today... I'm Connor Madison. I'm the Staff Photographer. So Chris, Connor, and I wanted to just get together and it's uh, now about a week and a half after, the, uh, after AirVenture 2022 closed and um, we did our AirVenture kind of get ready for episode, hype up episode, I guess. And uh, now we're... We're recovering now. We're recovering <laughs> yeah. now and uh, talking about um, what all happened and what we saw and what we did. So who wants to start? After you, Connor, you... Uh, <laughs> whoa. Well, you know, th- let me ask you this. This is... Yeah. A fr- uh, my friend Claire Paisy years ago brought me here for the first time. I was 16. And every year when we were leaving, he would always ask this question. What was the coolest thing you saw... And, uh, and, and me and my friends still kind of keep that going among us. And, uh, uh, I guess that's, you know, how I'd like to phrase it to you is what's the coolest thing you saw? Um, I mean, it's hard, kind of hard to just, you know, pick one thing, of course, but I mean, probably top of the list for me is that, uh, the 109 that was newly restored by Midwest Arrow, you know, some, uh, an airplane that original uh, that's been brought back to, to be that exact. I mean, you just don't see it very often, especially something as rare as a 109 for us over here in the United States. So Yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's an Messerschmitt 109 yep. that actually has it's a real engine in it. Uh, and I, I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think it's actually restored and pa- like even painted back in the markings it carried. That's what I understand, yep. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I don't know, crashed or crash landed into a, a lake uh, towards the end of the war, uh, freshwater lake. So the whole thing uh, was preserved uh, till it was recovered from there. So yeah, just a, a, amazing to see something like that in person. Um, yeah. That's cool. Tom, how about you? You know, I didn't get out that much. Uh, I, I was I was pretty busy with uh, with government meetings and VIP tours and things like that during the, during the week. So um, I'm not sure if there's something... That really sticks out in my head. I guess this is the first year I had a chance to go down to the Fun Fly Zone and watch a little bit of the Stoll um, exhibition that we did. Uh, and that was really awesome to watch. What was really cool was I I got there a little early because I knew it was going to be pretty crowded. And I got a spot along the fence line and I watched um, one or two rounds of the Stoll competition, or excuse me, the Invitational. And I back up from it and I turn around and there is a massive, massive crowd that has uh, that has gathered around there. I mean, it's a whole other second air show at this point. Um, the, uh, the the Twilight Flight Fest that we do down there, and um, um, you know that that stole flying is really attracting a lot of people, uh, both who have already been in aviation and maybe some people too who are kind of more general motorsports fans that um, that are looking for. Um, uh, you know, something else to watch. You know, um, uh, I know we've, we've, I think all three of us have talked about um, the Reno Air Races and how that's, you know, the, there's a lot of motorsport crossover there. Uh, and I feel like um, the uh, the Stoll community is kind of adjacent to that. Well, I mean, they have an event at Reno now. So um, I think that that, uh, that was really cool for me to see because I, I feel like that um, you're actually watching a new community of aviation kind of grow and evolve in front of your eyes. And I thought that was, that was pretty, pretty impressive. That's fantastic. I, I, I obviously my uh, interests are, are toward the Warbird area, the restored military aircraft, and uh, thanks to to Dick Nipinski, uh, I usually end up uh, at least a couple days uh, out of the week there at like five, six in the morning, uh, early sunrise, doing interviews and things like that, and um, 
you know, being there at one point and seeing that we had like like a line of three P40s, uh, including Jerry Yagans, which is one of my favorite P40s. Uh, uh, that was that was really cool. Just to kind of be hanging out there in Fighter Town in the morning was was really cool. Yeah, Dawn Patrol. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I I don't know if we can talk about it here or not, but I did get to go fly in a P51. Uh, I I will say that was the coolest thing I saw during our <laughs> venture. Uh, I got to go uh, for a ride and do a formation ride, and it was. Uh, it was really cool. I mean, it, honestly, God, that was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, early morning flight with Mustangs was was super, super neat. Uh, extreme honor to get to go in the back of Gunfighter. Connor, I, I've seen from your Facebook profile picture, uh, I believe you got to go uh, flying some cool stuff. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, really incredibly fortunate uh, to fly with uh, Jared Isaacman's group. Uh, they call it the Polaris program. Uh, so I flew in one of their L-39s with uh, Stroker Gustafson and, uh, during the Saturday air show, actually. So we flew, uh, it was the two L-39s, uh, two Alpha Jets, and then uh, Jared's MiG-29, uh, which was pretty amazing. I guess, I mean, maybe that was also the coolest thing I saw, you know, being right underneath a MiG-29 was just, just crazy. I still still trying to uh to process it you know it doesn't quite seem real and all that stuff but yeah that was that was amazing so i get to like call you and just ask you to come over and tell me about the mig now yeah so, pretty much yeah, yeah. Awesome. fantastic <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep well I, I mean i was hanging out in the back meeting room most of the uh, air venture I, I don't know about you guys but <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic I, I a lot of the programming i do it takes place at theater in the woods and uh, it's really neat to see, you know, you work on something for about a year and, you know, you get to see it come to fruition and then you see people show up at it. And that's like the coolest part for me is when I look out from behind the stage and there's actually people there like, oh man, people actually showed up to this thing that, you know, I've been working on for a year and, and I thought it was pretty cool, but here's like a couple hundred people out here at least and they think it's pretty cool and, um, you know, the, the one of the big ones for me was uh, we had a crew of uh, pilots who flew the president. Um, so we had uh, a couple different Air Force One pilots, uh, Air Force One crew, and then we even had the Navy One pilot who landed uh, with George Bush on the aircraft carrier in a Viking. Oh, wow. Uh, really uh, amazing stories. We had uh, um, actually the general who oversees the 89th Airlift Wing. Uh, she was here. Um uh, General Vanovo. So I, it was I, really cool. I mean, it was a special night. Uh, the Top Gun panel night was really awesome to have these legends of the actual Naval uh, Flight School. Um, you know, uh, women, uh, aerobatic legends was cool. It was just really neat to see those nights come together. Um, there was a lot of camaraderie uh, among those groups backstage. So that was a lot of fun. And I think the people really enjoyed the, the crowds really seemed to enjoy it. So it's always fun to see something you planned and worked on for about a year, you know, kind of actually happened though it's always fun yeah definitely and uh and this year was a was a good year attendance wise too it was uh we we hit we surpassed our, our previous record of 2019 with record attendance i think 650 some odd thousand uh turnstile attendance which is pretty incredible uh and i i know that in one of my briefings uh right around thursday uh we actually did have the statistic i know we always say we're the busiest airport in the world uh, but we actually had the traffic counts and not even including the um, some of the peripheral airports like Fond du Lac or the or, or or Fisk Approach or anything like that. Just the operations here on the field uh, was exceeded uh, Hartsfield, uh, Atlanta, 
um, by a couple hundred and O'Hare by a couple hundred. Um, so that that was our, our busiest day for both arrivals and departures. I think it was like Wednesday or, or Thursday, you know, when you have the early week crowd leaves and the later week crowd, crowd comes in. So, um, yeah, it was, it was it was an incredible year and a, and a good kind of sense of uh, things getting back to normal. I think last year was kind of welcome back and uh, let's just get this going again. And this year was a little bit more, well, you know, with your programming, Chris, with Theater in the Woods and um, some of the uh, the air show stuff that we did and, and a few other things. It, it felt like um, kind of going back to uh, how we how we had been doing things. So I think one of the coolest things I saw also was the uh, the big cat uh, flight. The the I I saw the original cat flight, I guess is what you would call it back in the 90s. Um, you know, the only thing missing, of course, was uh, Snort flying a Tomcat in that group, which would have been amazing. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, I got to see that. I, I was at Burke Lakefront when they did it. Um, but to see, you know, the, the lineage of Grumman fighters uh, in the air all, you know, with different cat names and stuff was really cool. That was something that was really pretty special to see. Yeah, flight of the flight of the Grumman cats, if yeah, you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I found that, like, really fascinating because you look at, you know, the – the Hellcat, the Bearcat, and the Tigercat are all powered by the same engine and just how much they vary in size. And it really, I think it seeing them all together like that, you can really see, you know, the Bearcat was designed as an interceptor and you just see it from how, how much smaller it is from the, the Hellcat. I just, definitely one of those things, you know, we, we talk about only in Oshkosh moments and that, I don't know the last time a, a, a Grumman cat flight happened like that, but it's it's been a long time. So that was really neat to see, I agree. I think one of the things that I really walked away with, too, seeing that is, you know, the Wildcat, which was such an, uh, you know, it was a fighter that really was pre-war and was, you know, the, the Navy Marine Corps, I guess, first frontline fighter during the war just because of when it was built. Um, you know, just how kind of small and and um, it, it just differed so much between the others. I mean, from a technology standpoint, even. Uh, when you're looking at the Wildcat, you're looking at some pretty early stuff still existing in that aircraft, and then you know the the rest of them. I, I would have I, I'd say have more of a what you would call a standard kind of World War II feel to them, where the the Wildcat definitely has like a pre-war feel to it. When you're walking around it, looking at it, I mean you have to hand crank the landing gear up, things like that. It's uh, you know it was really interesting to see them all kind of together like that. Yeah, kind of watching the the progression of that. It always it's always interesting to me that. Um, you know, World War II was at least America's involvement with it was under four years, right? Um, that's you know, in the grand scheme of things, that's not a very long time. And uh, and also to think about the fact that a lot of the late, what we consider to be later war aircraft, were already um, some of them even in in early production or at least test flying before the war began, um, and just the amount of development that uh, you know that was happening. Uh, throughout that time, it was as something I was reflecting on the other day, and it, it is very, um, I don't know, very, very impressive and very interesting to me to see all those aircraft kind of lined up against each other. I've always said that, you know, Warbirds is kind of the uh, the world's largest air museum uh, over there, and Vintage too, for that matter, I suppose. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, it's just interesting. I, I also love that you know I will always be interested in World War II aviation. I think it's the the classic battle of of good versus evil. Um, but it was really interesting to see like the Vietnam guys kind of staking out a chunk of warbirds. And mm-hmm. I was shocked to go down there and see like a, like an H 34 sitting down there. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't even any, know any of those were, ex- you know, in existence in a warbird configuration. 
Um, so you're talking about a you know a pretty large Vietnam helicopter. If you've seen like uh, uh, Full Metal Jacket, you know you see them in there. We had Spooky down yeah, there. Yeah, there's an AC-47, and uh, yeah, you know, going back to our gunship panel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's a one night um, a uh, a Huey, and then uh, you know there were a couple like really sweet like O2 like you know uh, forward air control aircraft that were out there, and uh, it was really neat. I mean, it was just a really cool cool thing to see. There was a little bird. I think there was an OH-6 out there. I mean, cool stuff to see different generations of, uh, of you know, uh, I guess combat, at least now getting remembered and honored. Uh, I saw a Desert Storm reenactor, which uh, I don't know if I was ready for that because that makes me feel really old, <laughs> um, you know, but uh, that was that was pretty cool, you know, see something, uh, you know, making sure we honor those guys. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Let me ask, did anybody get to go to the seaplane base? Not this year for me, no. Yeah, I didn't make it over there this year. Yeah. I got to go before it started, before the event started, and uh, that was pretty cool. You know, But it was before – there wasn't really a lot there yet because you know once once the event started, of course, just like everybody else, uh, I was occupied. But, uh, um, but it was neat just seeing the setup. There was an airplane or two in there. and uh, um, But I saw an aerial picture on Facebook, which was really cool. There were some really, really neat aerial photos, so – that's such a neat place, a little underutilized. Uh, not underutilized, it's under... Uh, appreciated. Underappreciated. Yeah, underappreciated. Yeah. But I think they kind of like that. You know, it's kind of the vibe over there. You yeah. Know? I was talking to, to a person that was a first-time visitor this year, and uh, he said to me, he's like, oh, man, I could spend just all day every day over at the seaplane base because it's kind of that, uh, the, the times I've gone over, it's really a, like an escape from, you know, the how busy the main grounds are and everything. And it's very, very tranquil and just a yeah, great place to visit. I didn't know there was a tree that had a recording of Lon uh, on it. And when you push the button, like uh, Lon uh, Nanke, one of our old docents, he was a chairman of the seaplane base who is no longer with us. Um, he, like, welcomes you to the seaplane base. Huh. And uh, a friend of mine uh, from the Air Force Museum, which, which was really cool that the Air Force Museum had a booth here this year, um, went over and videoed that and sent that to me. And I'm like, I had no idea that was over there. It was it was really cool to see uh, to see that and hear Lon uh, – Welcome you to the seaplane base. It was really cool. Although I do have to say it's it it's sad as we go along. You know, I know that um, we still have Jerry's one man band's uh, recording playing. You know, right where he used to set up. And as the years go on, fewer and fewer people are going to know what that's all about. Um, yeah. You know, the yodeler was before my time. <laughs> you know, uh, we still play that in the campground. So it's. Uh, um, it's wonderful to honor, um, you know, these the 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 longtime contributors of all different types uh, to to EAA um, that we've had throughout the years. It's just important to keep to also keep their stories alive, however we can. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's uh, uh, a very good way of putting it. You know, all the street names here um, are named after people that, if you research them, it's like, oh, this person was super cool. Like that's why there there's a name, uh, you know, after him here. So. Yeah, Jerry's One Man Band is one of those things where if you hadn't been here, he's just a guy that hung out in the back of his van and played, like, polka tapes and stuff. And uh, uh, to hear me describe it doesn't do it justice. I think uh, you had to experience it. But then, you know, every year I remember as he was getting older, it was like, well, this is the last year. And then we'd, kind of, like, by demand of the public, they'd be like, come back again. So, um, yeah, it was really uh, neat to see him, you know, cool to see him get uh, remembered. But on the other hand, you know, the new tradi- new traditions come up. You know, there's yeah. uh, 
um, you know, like we were saying with the uh, with the Stoll demo, that's uh, you know that's something that we've we just started in the last couple of years. There's uh, there's there's new generations of of volunteers and the AA contributors coming in. So you know, it's uh, it's it's part of an organization as as uh, as as longstanding as EAA has been. Um, and kind of another thing related to that, I think that was very inter- very cool this year was uh, was the Vans RV fiftieth. Um, so a couple of really interesting things happened with with Vans Aircraft, of course. The um, the the 50th anniversary, Chris, you did a, a theater in the woods presentation um, with uh, uh, with a couple of of uh, I guess luminaries in the in the Vans community. They unveiled the RV 15, uh, which is hotly anticipated as a uh, as Vans' first high wing aircraft in 50 years. Um, but then also just to look at going out to home built home built parking and home built camping and it's just a sea of RVs, so a lot of, you know, it, there's more aircraft in there too, of course, but but, uh, but a large number of them are these aircraft that were all started by one person and his dream of coming up with a better airplane. And I, I think it's a really great expression of what EAA has, EAA collectively and EAA's community has enabled. Um, you know, it's, it, EAA is all about giving people the space to innovate and to you know kind of create these our own little sub communities of of um, of pilots and builders and enthusiasts and things like that and um, you know when I was taking government VIPs through this year uh, we we pointed that out you know that that um uh, you know we we're we're an organization that kind of helps this event happen but it's the people it's the constituent parts of it that really make this community what it is yeah absolutely I mean it it. Uh... I think the people are the heart and soul uh, of it, you know. I mean, uh, it, it makes it sort of the big holiday. I mean, you're exhausted and tired at the end of it, but it's also um, kind of sad. Everybody's, when they're leaving, you know, on, on departure day, um, you know, you, you should be just ecstatic and like, oh, my gosh, I've been working for like 21 days straight. I'm ready for a break. But uh, And you are, but you're also a little sad because you're like, man, everybody's leaving. This is the end of the party you know, until next year. And uh, it's the people that make that difference, the people, the members that are here, um, those connections that we get to make. I think we all in this room have friends that we only see once a year. Um, and we want to see them more, but we don't. But we know that we're at least going to get to see them during the week of Adventure for, for at least a few minutes and visit and grab a drink or something like that. So, um, yeah, this, the community is absolutely uh, what makes this fun. Well, I think that that's a classic Paul saying, right? Is that you you come for the airplanes, but you stay for the people. Yeah, right. And that's uh, you know talking about Sunday. Like, absolutely, I think it's the worst day of the year for yeah. me personally. Because <laughs> so I, you know I work with a team of it's it's over thirty photographers, and then um, I've got air to air coordinators as well that that work with me, and all. All of us were we're all different people, but you know we all like taking photos and taking photos of airplanes. So we're kind of like all different versions of the same person, or we have something really in common. Uh, and so you know, I I work for hours on end with them for you know ten days straight, and then everyone in just one day they all just leave, you know, and all the airplanes leave, and it, it just yeah, you can't help but but feel empty and depressed. But at at the same time though, uh, you know, then you look back on on what we accomplished, like man, that was that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. The um, the people absolutely make all the hard work worth it. And, absolutely. Um, you know, and it is. It's a lot of hard work, and, and it doesn't end on the Monday after Adventure. We're back at it. Putting stuff away, getting it ready, 
Rob Molesh is still out there wrapping up cords. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's moved in about three days uh, from that spot. But uh, um, but that it, it's the people and those friendships that really make this worth it. So um, absolutely. Um, Night Air Show, did you guys get to catch that at all? I caught the Wednesday one, yeah. Did you? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I shot both of them. That was that was really neat. I mean, uh, I think it, my ideal night air show would just be nothing but after burning jets. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> as, as a photographer. I mean, that's the ideal when the the light gets low and you know you can really see the afterburner show. That's awesome. I mean, the definitely highlight was the the show the Navy put on uh, Saturday night with both the the Growler and the the F thirty five C. I mean, that was just awesome to see. Yeah, it's almost fun. Like because I uh, um you know we all are on the same boat. We're all busy, but. It's really fun to go on Facebook like a week after AirVenture and you get to watch AirVenture through all your friends' highlights of like what meant the world to them to see. And, and it's always interesting because it's all different. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a few things here and there that might be a staple, but, you know, it's really fun that you, you know, uh, one of my friends might geek out over an F-18 and my friend Eric's geeked out over he found like a, a Cessna with multiple or big flaps on it, you know, and he thought that was like the coolest thing, and uh, which was really cool. I don't know if you saw that. Um, there was a Cessna like Cardinal out there that had uh, like full wing flaps like an airliner would have and hmm. it had a, a, a fins coming off of like the engine cowling like it was really bizarre I'd never seen that so it was like a stole modification I, I don't want to say that that's what it was I have no <laughs> idea of what it was but he I think he said he touched down at like 28 knots or something <laughs> like that cow. so yeah it was wild so um, yeah just stuff like that it's really cool to, to see like you know your friends kind of what, what kind of got them geeked out through the week? You know, that's kind of something else I've been thinking about as we were talking. Um, and that I, you know, I tell or discuss with, with new people every year. I, I don't know if there's another air show you can go to where you see the variety. You know, we talk, like, if you think of just the warbirds that showed up, I mean, if you were at an air show and that's all you got to see, I mean, it would be the best air show ever, right? But then, you know, you can just walk a little ways and now you're in home-built heaven and see just about any any possible way there is to build an aircraft that's been done. And then you walk further down and you see some of the nicest vintage aircraft you'll see anywhere. You know, it's it's functional art, some of those vintage aircraft are. Uh, and, and then, yeah, you walk further and you see ultralight. I mean, I don't, I don't know anywhere that, that you see the scope of that. And then as photographers, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun for us because there's nowhere else you can, you can photograph airplanes in like every possible light of day. Like if you want to get up before the sun's risen, you absolutely can and go shoot the sunrise or stay out there till the sun sets. I mean, it's, it's truly, it's the best. There was uh, this. This didn't happen this year. It happened last year. We had um, Administrator Dixon here, and we were uh, touring around with him. And uh, we just uh, we're going through vintage, and we get to this beautiful yellow stagger wing, and uh, he says, "Stop the cart." You know, I want to I want to get out and take a look at this. Um, and he's just walking around. You know, in his FAA polo. You know, walking around this this stagger <laughs> wing. And the odor's there, and he's like, "I'm I'm not." ramp checking you i just want to see your airplane <laughs> and but it is such a you know so that's you know that's most of my job during air venture is is both having policy meetings with the government officials and then also touring around with them because a lot of them haven't seen this event before um and we also were fortunate enough to have some visits for some pretty high-ranking uh department of transportation folks who don't really have don't really interact as much, you know, with general aviation, um, you know, especially being there in DC. So, you know, we could talk all we want about what the general aviation community is. This is where we can show it, um, you know, in one 
hour-long tour, I can take you from the North 40 to the South 40, and you will have seen every facet of the general aviation community, uh, both here and, you know, frankly, around the world, um, you know, in that time. Uh, and the other thing, too, that I think is so important is that this is a this is a happy place, too. You know, it's a place where people are positive. They want to share, um, you know, their passion with everybody else. And I think that that sets a really good tone for really getting stuff done. I mean, we came out of this week with, again, pretty high ranking people coming to us and saying, what do you need? What can we you know, what, what, what can we do? Um, and, uh, you know, getting some some pretty important commitments out of them. So. Um, I think that that's uh, that that to me that that's uh, that's a really powerful part of this uh, of this event. One of the the sayings a friend of mine uh, told me years ago was, "There's no ropes around the airplanes, and there's no ropes around the heroes." And uh, and and it's really cool working at Theater Woods. I've gotten to to meet a lot of my heroes. Um, sometimes you also forget that they're your heroes, and like you're working on the programming side of it, so you need to get somebody moved. And this year, I caught myself uh, asking Ben, who was helping me, if he can go and get Eileen Collins from somewhere. And then it dawned on me, I'm like, oh, my God, like, we're moving Eileen Collins from, you know, a book signing to a talk that she's going to do for the, you know, Women Venture Lunch. And, and uh, you know, you're like, man, I want to go move Eileen Collins, you know, but uh, uh, you got to divide and conquer. But but it's just really cool that you're just like, oh, yeah, that's right. We had Eileen Collins here. Like, that's that's epic. I mean, uh, uh, people like that. Nicole Stott was just amazing, as always. A uh, NASA astronaut who was here, and uh, um, we had the NASA panel, which was a lot of fun. You can see that I had my I spend my evenings at Theater and Woods, so I can just like you guys would have different areas you'll be checking in from. But uh, one of the cool things that uh, Max uh, uh, and Toby were volunteering for me this year uh, um, saw was uh, we had a, a Vietnam Navy ace crew, uh, Duke Cunningham and Willie Driscoll, his backseater. And all these years, uh, Willie is still very caring and very um, passionate about making sure Duke is okay and comfortable and helping him move around and stuff like that. And it was really heartwarming to see that they're still very much a crew. I mean, that mm -hmm. uh, uh, that never faded after all these years. So that was that was really cool. Yeah, I feel like um, – so, Chris, would you say that, you know, we're starting to – I definitely feel like I've seen a shift in the last couple of years in the Theater in the Woods programming from um, kind of the last of the World War II heroes that we've been able to get here uh, to being um, now a lot a, a lot more in some bit Korea. Even Korea is getting, getting a little far away in the rearview mirror now um, to being a lot of Vietnam programming. Is that is, – is that – what you're well, seeing too? I, well, and I and I think it's important to say that you know we always want to honor all of the stories, and if we can find, you know, World War II uh, veteran who is comfortable to travel and and it, you know it fits our programming, of course we want to do that. You know, we want to make sure we we honor that. Um, you know, Korea, uh, a lot of those folks were the same people held over. I mean, a lot of these guys served in World War II and in Korea. Um, and I, you know, I'll point out to anybody listening that uh, is out there thinking about like. Someone in their family, uh, maybe even doing an oral history or like a Time of Voices interview, is our Vietnam veterans. Uh, we're losing them fast as well, and I mean we're we're looking at doing things like that, and even down the road. I mean, talking Gulf War, we had a Gulf War night last year. Um, you know, it, we want to make sure everybody's story uh, gets told, and there are really compelling stories that we are just now finding out about from stuff like the first Gulf War. So. Um, 
Yeah, I, I you know I, I think look for more programming like that. It, it might look a little different, but I guarantee you the heroes uh, and those stories that are up there uh, are, are going to be just as compelling as you know a B seventeen going over Berlin. Uh, there's some pretty uh, epic things there to hear about. So, which we did have a B seventeen pilot with us this year though, uh, John Luckadoo. Uh, I think he's 101 now. Wow. Uh, joined us and was on stage with the Air Force 75th. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Still rocking it. So, Well, I do think, you know, I, I, having worked with some of the some of the Vietnam vets that you've brought in, Chris, uh, you know, for the podcast and things like that, I, I think um, they, you know, in the same way that we, a lot of the World War II vets never really told their stories much until much later in life, I think, you know, for maybe similar and different reasons, we're, we're, the same story is true for the Vietnam vets. And it's really important to uh, to get those stories out because there's some very amazing ones. Well, and, you know, for the Vietnam veterans, uh, it, it, it can be sensitive. You know, they, sure. they didn't get the welcome home that uh, they certainly deserved. Uh, and we have a chance to make that right. And uh, we certainly work on that. And, um, you know, and Korea is a, uh, it's a conflict that you don't really hear much about. And we actually, uh, with the new movie Devotion coming out, uh, we're able to put on a program and talk about the filming of Devotion and the backstory of uh, Jesse Brown, Tom Hunter, who flew during Korea. And again, uh, you're hard-pressed to find references in Hollywood. I, I mean, I think most people know about Korea simply because of MASH. Um, sure. You know, I mean, uh, I, I think it's interesting and well-deserved that they're telling that story out there. Sure. Absolutely. And actually, on, on the whole Vietnam um uh, you know, issue and, and uh, you know, and their, their welcome home. Uh, Connor, did you make it to the uh, honor flight return at all? Yeah, I did see the return. Yeah, that's always, I think every year, probably one of the more emotional things that takes place, right? You know, seeing everyone get welcomed back when, when that flight arrives. That's, yeah, that's very special to see always. For those of you listening who uh, might not be familiar with it, um, Honor Flight was an organization, I believe, that started with World War II vets because the World War II memorial had been built uh, after a lot of them were really easily able to travel to D.C. So the idea is to take them out and back on an airliner in one day, usually, um, and uh, and show the memorials. And um, as we've lost our World War II vets, the organization has shifted now to Vietnam veterans. And uh, we did the... Um, and I think we talked about this in the in the preview episode, but you know, we, we, we'll do a flight where we they take off at the crack of dawn, go to D.C., um, see the Vietnam Memorial, which many of the vets haven't seen that in person, and uh, and then fly back, and then most importantly, when they return, um, get the honor, get the honorable return and welcome home that perhaps they didn't get uh, when they came back. One of my favorite stories from that honor flight is a few years ago uh, they went down to D.C. and I want to say it was like one of the first ones they had ever done for Vietnam veterans, and they're down in D.C. doing their tour and the airplane got hit by a uh, like catering vehicle or something like that. And they had to do an aircraft swap down in D.C. Or they had to repair the aircraft. I can't remember what the story was. But regardless, they were coming in way late. And, I mean, they were supposed to be here at like 6. And they were going to come in at like 9. And um, I want to say it was uh, the Lieutenant Damban was here. And basically, Lieutenant Damband is like, we're just going to go on and play, and we'll take requests, and we're going to keep the crowd here till these guys get home. And didn't have to do that. They could have just easily been like, hey, we'll play our songs, and then we're out because, you know, we're off to something else. And they literally kept that crowd there that long. And, and the crowd was having a blast until that jet made it home. 
Uh, and those Vietnam vets got off the airplane, and rather than having an empty Boeing Plaza, they still had a full party going on to welcome them back. And I, I always remember that uh, as just how cool that was. That, that you know they kept playing, kept everybody entertained, and everything, and kept the party going for these guys to get back this you know couple hours beyond when they were supposed to be here. So uh, just a cool cool example of of you know doing it right for the Vietnam vets. So yeah, really cool. Really, I've never met anybody that went on an honor flight and didn't have. Uh, just a very memorable experience off of that. So it's really cool that we do those here. Absolutely, yeah. I always think it's a little ridiculous though that we have to do like you know from the from the policy side. We actually we actually have to make it a, a mini airline flight. We have to do TSA with them and <laughs> some other stuff. Yeah. But anyway, um, <clears throat> the um, uh, changing gears completely. I was wondering if um, either of you had a chance to go into uh, Camp Scholar at all. Well, uh, well, you were here this year. Well, yeah, I, I stayed there from uh, oh, you did? Sunday okay. to Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. I camp. Uh, and so that's what, kinda, what was it like this year, Connor? Oh, oh, I mean, it was great. You know, completely. I, I shouldn't say completely full, but it sure seemed like it. You know, and um, that's kind of always one of my favorite things going going back at night. And I mean, I usually work work pretty late, you know, into like 1130 at night, maybe something like that. Uh, and so driving back to camp, then it always just like you, for, for whatever reason, that part of it just really gives me that whole, you know, that we're a city within a city. Cause yeah. you just come oh, this is where everyone's staying. And, you know, there's always campfires still going at that point in time. Um, but yeah, I, I camp with a, a group of friends from Ohio and it generally, it is the only time of year I see them. So it's, yeah, it's another one of those all about the people sort of thing. But yeah, it's, um, it's a totally different event when, when you camp there. I think this is my, my fifth year camping, um, for the, for the whole week. And it, it definitely changes it. There's, there's no better alarm clock in the world. Um, well, actually I, I never was actually able to sleep in until this happened, but, <laughs> but the, the, when I was a volunteer, it happened a couple times for me is when the, so the morning Mustang flight, which ha- pretty much happens every morning when they overfly the campground, like there is no better alarm clock than a Merlin engine. Absolutely down. not. Yeah. I love that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, um, and you say city within a city. That's absolutely true. I mean, uh, most people will tell you where their campsite is by literally giving you an address. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm at some, you know, whatever number street and stits or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I had a chance to, uh, um, so basically how my nights go or my days go is, you know, you've got, I've got my daytime ops and then it switches uh, to theater and woods ops, you know, for the evening. And right in between there, I have about an hour and a half, and that's where I can, like, go get something to eat or, like, fall down in the shade somewhere or something, you know. And uh, uh, Ben, our museum creator, and his family were camping, and they actually had me over, and they had cooked, like, like his dad had spent all day, and I think Ben helped at some point, um, like, barbecuing, like, pulled pork. And they made corn on the cob and stuff. And that was, like, the best meal I had all week. Like, got to hang out in an air-conditioned RV like eat this amazing food before going back to, to theater in the woods. And it was, uh, it was awesome. I totally see the appeal of, of hanging out out there. Uh, not just pulled pork, but I mean, the whole, uh, <laughs> which by the way was really good, but, uh, uh, but there's just a big camaraderie out there. You know, there, you got, you come out and you're talking to your neighbor, like that's where you live all year. You know, meanwhile, you've never met this person before the beginning of the week. I mean, it, it's, it's really cool. Same can be said for the North 40, like the camping and the South 40. It, it's same, same environment. Yeah. I was just going to say, you talk about the, uh, both of you have talked about, you know, yeah, the people from out of state or, or yeah, you never see throughout the year that you that you meet here. Um, I was hanging out with uh, Chapter 93 out of Madison, my home chapter, and uh, they had, uh, 
uh, they, they joke that it's uh, 93.1. They've got some, um, some folks from California that started uh, uh, camping with them. <laughs> uh, I think it was last year. And actually signed them up in the chapter. So uh, they're, they're the California chapter of the Madison chapter. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I don't know what John Egan would say about that. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I know. We'll have to see what the rules say that's there. Awesome. That, yeah. That's fun. That, uh, uh, that, that's, that's really amazing. My, uh, my niece volunteered with me a couple years ago, and she thought it was a wild that – you would have these airplanes, you know, and, it's, and some of them are, are obviously a um, high-dollar airplane. And then, like, the propellers just have, like, T-shirts drying on them and everything, like laundry just kind of hanging out on the wings. And she was like, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you'd not find that anywhere else. So it's always fun to watch. Uh, I was just going to say, too, you know, you, you hear stories from people that, you know, they just ended up camping next to someone and they become lifelong friends like that. And it's a, you know, it goes back to the same thing. Most of us are all here just kind of for the same reason, mm-hmm. uh, which is, is super neat. So it's, I don't know where else you can be where you just strike up a conversation with, you know, a random stranger and, you know, like, oh, yeah, wow, like, I think we're friends now. And, or, you know, you just, you have something common to talk about. It's never ceases to amaze me. Yeah, I, I actually uh, struck up a conversation with a guy a couple years ago um, who, when my grandfather died, uh, bought the house that my grandfather owned in the same small town north of Pittsburgh. And, you know, we're sitting there talking, and he's explaining where he lives. And I'm like, that's where my grandfather is from. And, and he's like, yeah, yeah, but it's the house on the corner. I'm like, yep, that was my grandfather's house. <laughs> and it was literally the same house he bought wow. and when my grandfather passed. Amazing. So, yeah. It's really wild. I mean, we're, what are the chances we end up on a, on a bench down in Vintage together, you know? Well, to your point, Cutter, I mean, you know, you, you, what happens when any of us airplane people meet out in the wild? You know, it's, it's probably, you know, by default, it's usually a one or two hour conversation as soon as you find out that you both like airplanes. Yep. And meanwhile, everybody else in the group rolls their eyes like, oh, okay, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, what happens when you get 650,000 of those people all in the same place? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So. yeah, it takes long. We really need more than a week you know, to, uh, to get it all out. So, yeah, that's yeah, I mean, people kind of look at me like I'm crazy, but you know, when I roll around Friday, Saturday of the week, I'm like, you know, all my, my team's really rolling. and we're, we're having fun. It's going well. It's like, well, shoot, I think like I could have three more days of this. Like, yeah. that'd be great. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was funny, like after AirVenture, um, you know, just the beginning of last week, like I felt the need to I'm like, man, I kind of want to go to the Air Force Museum. And someone's like, are you serious? Like you just had all these airplanes here, you know? I'm like, yeah, it's different. They're different airplanes, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah. I think it, uh, uh, I think it, 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 it's more of a lifestyle than it is anything. I mean, I, I really think it's, uh, it's not just an interest in a passing vehicle or something. I mean, this is something that it's, we're all very passionate about. And a chance to get us all here for our big family reunion is, is really what it is. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to hear uh, you know, what other people think. And hopefully you guys send us some feedback and let us know what the, what's the coolest thing you ever saw to keep uh, Claire's uh, – uh, what's the, you know, your, the coolest thing you saw last year to keep Claire's um, – uh, tradition uh, going, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 exhausted, but I'm glad we did it. Uh, it was it was really awesome. Yep, and just uh, last weekend was of course our first weekend after the show ended, and uh, I think I can use a few more of those. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I think we're all taking a little extra time off in August. But uh, uh, but hopefully uh, hopefully everybody was was happy with uh, with how the show came off. Um, I think we've gotten some pretty good feedback so far, and of course there's some uh, definitely some stuff we can uh, we can work on for next year. Um, but, um, I, I just say for, um, you know, sounds like Chris, you know, everything came off very well for fear in the woods and all the other work that you do. Connor, 
I've already seen the photos that your team took. <laughs> they're, they're amazing. Yep. Um, and uh, and for my team, uh, you know, we um, we had a lot of meetings during the week. We had um, a lot of tough policy discussions and some tours and some pretty high stakes stuff happen. And um, I think it went about as well as it could have. And hopefully, you're going to see some uh, some good results out of that and some concrete um, wins um, pretty soon here. So um, that's pretty much all I can say for right now. But but hopefully, we'll see that soon. So. Anyway, um, but yeah, uh, to Chris's point, please do send feedback. Uh, feedback at ea.org is, uh, is, is a good place to send anything uh, positive or negative about AirVenture, this show, or anything else. Um, for our team here, Chris is handling the scheduling for the Green Dot and the pre-production. Um, Scott is handling our board and the post-production for the Green Dot, and our publications and marketing staff handles the distribution. Uh, your hosts are myself, Chris, and Hal Bryan. Uh, and uh, Connor, thank you very much for, for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And um, hope everybody gets a good break. If you were here this year, uh, yeah, definitely take a take a break from uh, all the flying that you did or all the traveling that you did to get here. Um, and uh, um, hopefully uh, you'll get to maybe one or two more fly-ins throughout the year, but we'll definitely welcome you back next year. If you weren't here this year, I hope you... S- Hope you got a good idea of everything you missed, and hopefully we'll see you next year. Um, And uh, when you do, we'll see you when you are cleared to land on the green dot.